Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on State of the World, accusations of betrayal in one Ukrainian village. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. As we enter a new year, we're looking back at some of our favorite stories from around the globe. Today, we hear from NPR's Joanna Kikissis in a Ukrainian village near the Russian border. Before Russia's full-scale invasion began, it was a close-knit community. However, once the war reached them and Russia occupied the village, divided loyalties emerged with lethal consequences. Here's Joanna's story. Talk of betrayal started right after the missile attack, and it got louder with each funeral. There were so many funerals, sometimes five or six a day. At this one, Valentina Kozir weeps over the coffin of her eight-year-old grandson, Ivan. He was such a good little boy. He did his homework. He was kind. My son died, and my daughter-in-law is in the hospital. We hear it's someone local who did this. Before the attack, about 340 people lived in Hroza. It seems like a peaceful hamlet surrounded by tall stalks of wheat with geese and quacking ducks in the yards. Serhii Starikov, the head of the local administration, believed Hroza was a close-knit place. The locals were self-starters. They were active in sports and active in public life. They did a lot for their village. But, he says, like many villages close to the Russian border, loyalties were mixed. And Lubov Platinka agrees. She's in her 60s, bundled in a puffy purple jacket. She sits on a wooden bench where she used to greet her neighbors. Not all were Ukrainian patriots. They didn't greet us. They just passed by. They were just waiting for the Russians to come to the village. And the Russians did. They occupied Hroza in early 2022. Platinka says two local policemen, brothers Volodymyr and Dimitro Mamon, went to work for the Russian occupiers. They arrested her son for his pro-Ukrainian views. He was beaten for three days. They put a bag over his head, tied him up, and locked him up. When Ukraine retook the village last fall, the Mamon brothers fled to Russia. And Hroza began to honor its defenders, including a soldier killed in action in eastern Ukraine. His family decided to rebury him at home this month. Artem Dekhterenko, a spokesman for Ukraine's security services, said in a video statement that the Mamon brothers corresponded with villagers via text messages. That's how they found out that the soldier's family was holding a reception at Hroza's cafe. Having found out the exact address and time of the event, Volodymyr Mamon passed on this information to the Russians. This funeral was set for October 5th. Zhenya Pirozhok's parents decided to go. I stayed at home. I knew they planned to go to the cemetery, but not to the memorial gathering at the cafe afterwards. But they probably thought, what's another half hour? Let's go honor him. 
Half of the village was at this cafe when Russia hit it with a powerful Iskander missile. Vasily Nebenzia, Russia's ambassador to the United Nations, claimed that Moscow had wiped out neo-Nazis that day. Zhenya Pirojok says that, in fact, the Russians killed 59 civilians. His two brothers found the bodies of their elderly parents in the rubble. My parents were retired. They took care of their farm and they milked cows. We liked keeping them company, driving them around. Ukraine's security services have named the Mamon brothers as suspects, accused of high treason. They believe an accomplice in Hroza is still at large. Rain has washed away the blood from the cafe's remains. The only thing that's grown in Hroza is the cemetery. There are dozens of new graves. Father Ihor Kovalik, a military chaplain, came from the front line to help bury the dead. He says villagers ask him how they can ever forgive the neighbors who betrayed them. Of course, as a Christian, as a priest, I must advise them to forgive. But I wouldn't know what to do if I were in their place instead. There are some things, he says, that cannot be forgiven. Joanna Kakissis, NPR News, Hroza, Ukraine. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to Viore.com NPR.